This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you're listening to the Maps Step Back Podcast. TK. I like this, TK. I like that. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Yeah, Look with the ball, tragic. yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Don't got Chris Stapps, coach at the Adam. I spaz like Dallas, set out on rapping. God, if Lucas shoot the ball, you know that it's cash. But my boy still living the past. Now he got my boy Chris Stapps, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just wanna ring, wanna fill the gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads, dang, go relax, still at the champ. Diva still coming with the Calibus flow, the master best on the flow. I'm wild, but yeah, I'm the goat. All right, everybody, welcome in. To another edition of the Step Back of Mavs podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined as always by my DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Galatson, and we have the head of the DallasBasketball.com family with us tonight, Mike Fisher. Fish, how you doing? If you cut off the head, you kill the snake. <laughs> That's exactly That's right. Security all around me at all times. <laughs> Matt, how you doing? Good, good. I'm excited about this whole Skype thing we got going on. Yeah, so. yeah. This this first time we've we've tried this out. We're gonna start doing a little bit more YouTube content and throughout the season and uh, get y'all a little bit let let y'all see our beautiful faces. You know. Yeah, we look great. <laughs> awesome. But look, we'll we'll get into some Mavs topics and and other things. But just to start out, as most of you know by now, DallasBasketball.com. We were on 24-7 Sports. We're now affiliated with Sports Illustrated, and uh, they're in the process right now of uh, integrating uh, the Maven stuff into the Sports Illustrated stuff. So, Fish, you you probably, even though Matt and I know a little bit about it, you probably know more than both of us combined. Can you just give the people about a general... Yeah, just... <laughs> oh, about you mean everything. the Sports yeah. Illustrated. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, Give the people just a general rundown of, of what's going on here. Um, I think uh, not only am I not the type of person to say anything bad about our previous place, but I believe I'm contractually blocked from doing so. so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, don't, don't say anything. We're going to regret. Uh, but, but Joel Cox and, and the people that brought me over there, first they brought us to Scout um, a long time ago, and that was in 2010, and it coincided with uh, what became the Mavericks Championship. And so – uh, that, that was fantastic because that partnership was scout was with Fox and that's what, um, created me an opportunity to go on Fox sports Southwest and do, do the, the studio stuff with Bob Ortegal and Nancy Lieberman and uh, just an incredible deal. And of course the Mavericks go to the finals and I'm, I'm doing a pre game show with Nancy Lieberman on the NBA finals. So, um, the opportunity to do those things was, uh, almost unmatchable. But Sports Illustrated matches it and exceeds it. Uh, the, the, the chance to be part of this brand and, and what we're already seeing is that the, the Cowboys SI site, 
uh, Cowboy Maven, CowboysSI.com or Cowboy Maven, um, is through the roof. With with uh, the, the numbers are uh, embarrassingly large. Uh, I can't possibly be that good. But but the <laughs> so, and when you go to SportsIllustrated.com and go go try to find cop, click on Cowboys, it takes you to us. And when you click on Mavericks, it takes you to us. And so you can imagine the size of the audience uh, that that Sports Illustrated with its three trillion people in the audience are going to come uh, come see us. That'll be fun. In the meantime, obviously, it's growing pains. Um, and there always has been. For 21 years of DallasBasketball.com, I went back and looked at what our page looked like 21 years ago. Now I was really proud of it because it looked like a newspaper. And even the, I don't know if you guys even remember it, but the lettering was well, like an old-fashioned newspaper. You know, that uh, whatever, in- ancient English lettering. Yeah. Really cool. Uh, Swivelly. Yeah, now I'm just like, I can't even read what that says. That's, is that a D? And so we've come a long way in, in the technology. We've come a long way in the look and feel. Um, every, something's new every day that an old coot like me has to learn. I think we've got some old coots uh, and maybe some young coots, too, who have been with us for a long time as readers that really enjoy DB.com boards. And now we're going to try to make the marriage of what's called community with Sports Illustrated. And it will be as painful as when we changed things two years ago. Uh, it'll be as painful as we changed things in 2010 when we went to Fox. Because before that, it was just me. It just is just it was just me, and and David Lord, and obviously the 75 member staff. But there's been changes throughout, and this would be this is another change. Um, doesn't mean that everybody's going to love it. But if, if you're watching this and you're wondering, yeah, I don't really like that what you're doing over there. I get these every day, and I do read them, and I do try to respond to them. Fish, I don't like the color blue you're using. <laughs> I'm just just trust me uh, and these two guys too and then people at Sports Illustrated that are even smarter than we are if you can imagine it uh, in, in how to how to do community and how to uh, get content right and crisp believe me we are working on it even though I haven't responded to every single person who hates that we're using the wrong color blue yeah that, yeah and I, and I mean I think I think once people get used to it they're really going to enjoy it i know i i've gotten used to it uh since since it's gotten started and i've downloaded the app which uh definitely everybody listening watch watching this uh go to the app store whichever app store you use and type in maven dash news and community that's their app and it's really smooth it operates great you have all of our content on there you can contribute to the community post on there it's really nice. I mean, I, I've gotten used to it, and I think a lot of people will enjoy it once once they get used to it as well. And let me say, obviously, this is my job, and, and I, I, I don't pay for this luxurious mansion with, with all the jobs I have, uh, and so I take it very seriously. Uh, but uh, there's still a labor of love factor here, and that certainly goes, Matt, for you and certainly for Dalton. As I've told uh, thousands and thousands of readers, I mean, it's you guys get beer money. For, for what you do. And uh, Sports Illustrated, as Matt uh, so uh, eloquently put it earlier today, Sports Illustrated is going to be so good for all of us that beer money is going to become champagne money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going through the roof. And so we're, we're going to get it there. But yes, there, there's going to be growing pains and we appreciate your tolerance while we learn what you're doing. Um, in terms of reading it on your phone, the, the app it is light years from where we were. Uh, the content is still... It, 
I mean, I don't think I'm bragging when I say the content at DallasBasketball.com is unmatched. There, there, there isn't a media outlet in the country that does for a team what we do. And so many of our colleagues recognize that and, and view us as the granddaddy of, uh, of Mavericks websites. Th- those things won't change. Uh, the, the things that you don't love, yes, get on, get, get a membership on community on DallasBasketball.com and go in there and say, I like this, I don't like this, I want more of this. And by the way, I love that story today that you guys have, exclusive, exclusive, with Mark Cuban saying he's trying to figure out how to put Dirk Nowitzki into Mavericks ownership. Again, you, you might not love every single aspect of it, but content is what I care most about and champagne money. And <laughs> nobody matches our content. So even if you hate Matt's hat or you hate his beard, <laughs> I don't know what you possibly hate about me, you still need to come here for the Mavericks content. <laughs> right. Matt, you have anything to add to that? No, it's, it's it's just a work in progress. Everything is is coming together very well. Um, we did a, a training session earlier today with the Sports Illustrated people, and they gave us all the the rundown on what's going to happen, and it's all really exciting. And we've got uh, we got new rooms coming to to the uh, DallasBasketball.com, where we'll be able to find our podcast, uh, all, all the episodes of our podcast. You'll be able to find every news story that we put out. Um, we'll have a uh, a DB boards room as well, eventually. So it's it's all going to come together really nice, and we think you're all going to love it. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I think it, it's just going to take time for people to adjust. I know it's not technically called DB boards right now, but, I mean, it's the same concept. You know, everybody gets together, and they talk about Mavericks issues, and everybody can communicate with each other. That's what it's about anyway. So we'll get used to it. Uh, guys, next topic here. And fish, uh, this has a little bit to do with the Cowboys too. So I really, I'm really interested in getting your perspective on it. But uh, we've seen here lately there's a big disparity in NBA trades versus NFL trades. So like, let's say, uh, is it Minka Fitzpatrick? Yep. Okay. So the Dolphins just traded Fitzpatrick, and I think they got one first round pick in return for him. And he's a, he's a really good cornerback. Then you look at the NBA and I mean, this might be, you know, Paul George may not be the cross comparison. We want to compare to Fitzpatrick, but you know, he goes to the Clippers, the Clippers give uh, Oklahoma city six first round picks. So I mean, to me, I don't, I don't know who the perfect comparison for Fitzpatrick would be in the NBA, but I just don't think that you could see that type of trade in the NBA, just giving up one first-round pick. Let me take your thought in a slightly different direction. Um, Obviously, one Paul George can change the entire franchise, right? One Minka Fitzpatrick can't. So there is that. But here's a bigger issue for me. I love the fact – I love that that in the NBA, the players are partners with the owners. It's set up that way. They feel that way. And and they have that much muscle. And – as we move towards a new CBA, they'll probably have more. And I think that's a great setup. I want players to make a trillion dollars. I do. Uh, I want guaranteed money like they have in the NBA. The average NBA player, last time I checked, made $7 million a year, fully guaranteed. The average NFL player makes $1 million, not guaranteed. That's ridiculous. So yeah. I, I would love for the N- NFL players to catch up and fix that. But, and maybe I'm just an old white man, an old white curmudgeon. I don't like in the NBA that I sense 
that guys are going up to each other at the free throw line in the third quarter and saying, hey, we'd love you to come play for our team next year. I don't like that. And that's what's happening in the NFL right now a little bit. You got three defensive backs who are on 0-2 teams, including Jalen Ramsey, who's the face of the Jaguars, and they want out because they're 0-2. I'm like, dude, you're, I'm paying yeah. you to be a leader to dig us out of holes, not to climb out yourself when things are bad. So I don't have a, a, a magic answer because free agency is great and guaranteed money is great and power is great. But sports aren't good when the two teams aren't really against each other. In the NBA, too often, the guys aren't really against each other, and I think that hurts the NBA. Well, I mean, another thing, is it possible that the amount of players has something to do with it too? You know, instead of having, you know, each team having 15 guys on a roster, you have an NFL team that has, what, 53, 53 players on a roster? Yeah, that goes back to how Paul George can change a whole – Paul George can change a whole city, not just a team. Not just a franchise, it changed the whole right. city. Um, think of Fitzpatrick can't do that. That's a difference, yes. Matt, what do you think about this? Well, I mean, obviously Fish is the expert on this, but it, it kind of goes back to what he said. It's all about player empowerment, and the NBA has figured out a really great way to, to bring all that together for the players. Um, and, and the NFL just isn't there yet. And, you know, they, they have to figure out a way for the owners and the players to come together and discover a new way to – to make this thing work. I mean, football is the most dangerous sport on the planet. And the fact that they make a million dollars not guaranteed is, I mean, it's like fish said, it's ridiculous player. You know, people's lives are totally changed by CTE and all the various injuries that they, you know, they have in the NFL and the NBA. Yeah, there's injuries, but there's not a potential to, you know, to lose your life based on a brain injury. And that's where the, that's where the NFL players and the owners need to come together and say, look, we need to make sure our players are taken care of. And then that all eventually translates into the trades and, you know, with the CBA and all that stuff. But for now, I mean, it's just there's just too far of a gap there. But don't you guys agree? OK, like look at look at Anthony Davis in New Orleans. That That's not good for sports. Yeah, I love terrible. <laughs> I decided I don't love it here anymore. It, otherwise, I mean, if you if you let this go on forever, how how would a. How would a Buffalo ever have a team? Why would a Detroit ever have a team? Um, how much How much do people want to play in Utah? How much do they want to play in Portland? And so you've, you've got to find some way. Maybe maybe like real free agency is the way, and, and maybe quicker free agency is the way. No, you can't escape now. You can escape at the end of your contract, and the end of your contract is faster. But um, this goes back to the super team thing in Miami, when we all know that under Pat Riley, they plotted that for – over a year and they plotted it after the two guys played against each other they'd go out to dinner and talk about what we're going to do next year um i know it's not you know 1890 and the cincinnati reds aren't all farmers from cincinnati who wear red stuff i get that um but i like that the cincinnati reds represent cincinnati not that they're going you know man in this we're, we're losing in the seventh inning I'd like to be traded right now to Pittsburgh. And and that's where the NBA is, and that's where the NFL is going. Well, and I think – I really think the communities themselves play a role in it because this is just an example. And, look, I know from what, from what I can gather, it seems like a guy like Anthony Davis and a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo 
uh, have different personalities. But you see how the Milwaukee community, you know, embraces and supports that team no matter what. And it seems to me that they, I don't know exactly what their, what their numbers are with attendance and everything, but it seems to me like, you know, there's a bunch of people there on a nightly basis. And, you know, I go down to New Orleans every time the Mavs are playing down there. And even when the Pelicans have been good, and even, you know, a year or so, a year before last when they made the playoffs, they're a good team. It just seems like there's never anybody there. They're just all New Orleans Saints. And I don't know how much that plays into it, but if I'm a guy that's, you know, like Anthony Davis hasn't won much and uh, he has a thought in his mind like, oh, maybe I need to get out of here, I feel like that would contribute to it a little bit. Well, then let's all play for the Lakers. <laughs> because the Lakers, the Lakers are probably going to have good crowds because it's the biggest city, one of the biggest cities in the world. New Orleans isn't. The Lakers have, uh, LA has plenty of affluence. New Orleans is a little short on affluence in the last 15 years, right? Um, right. And well, play for the Lakers. And the other thing, you, you, you can live in Malibu. New Orleans doesn't have a Malibu. Uh, and we will make you a Hollywood producer which is the unfair advantage. It's That's why the Lakers are the Lakers. Because you, you could be a movie star. Oh, you're ugly? Well, fine, you could be a movie producer. It's an extra zillion dollars that's available to a guy that they don't have in Buffalo or Cleveland. I disagree with you about Milwaukee. I, when, when Before Milwaukee was good, that wasn't a... I don't think that was an attractive place for anybody. It, it's only... I, 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 I wasn't saying they were. I was just saying, like, now... when. They have a good team right now. Yeah. Yeah. So that community is showing out. And when New Orleans had a good team, I went down there a few times, and, I mean, they, they just they never sure. showed out. So what if that's, uh, what if that's the, you know, as you know, the, the people that run the New Orleans basketball team run the football team. Run science, yeah. <laughs> You're the general, What? You're you're in charge of the so you're in charge of the basketball team when like during lunch of the Saints. <laughs> it, it, so maybe part of the problem in New Orleans is they don't take very seriously how to run a basketball program. Yeah, and may, look, maybe things will change because David Griffin is in charge down sure. there now, and he's off to a good start uh, just in the off season. So we'll see how it goes. But that's just one thing that popped into my Matt. You have any thoughts on the? Well, I mean, New Orleans has a chance to, to start over now because Anthony Davis is gone and they have Zion coming in. They have all the new players and they have David Griffin. So, you know, they have a chance to build something different there and hopefully it can become something something better and more exciting for the community. I mean, knowing people from New Orleans that I went to school with, they there's just not a lot of people down there that care about basketball. Right. I mean, there's not a lot of Daltons in, in yeah. Seminary, Mississippi that are driving <laughs> however long to to New Orleans to go to a basketball game. There are a lot of people from seminary driving to New Orleans for football games, though. And I so, think that's where the biggest difference so how is. How soon can Zion get out of there? In like a year. <laughs> well, <laughs> not- under, under Zion, but in, in two years, Zion's going to say, this sucks, isn't he? Probably. That's the it, pro- I, I guess it just depends on how good the team is. But, I mean, if it, if it goes about how I'm sure we're all expecting, then, I mean, yeah. I mean, you never know. There's, there's from ground zero again. Yeah. Zion's going to, you know, here. this is why Dirk's Dirk. And there's why there's only one of him. We thought Kevin Durant was Dirk in Oklahoma City. No, he's not. not. Yeah. 
And, and by the way, that's their right. I'm not begrudging them that. But I'll tell you this, if I was drafting and trading guy, drafting four and trading four guys, I would have in mind, is he interested in this community? Does he, is he an LA guy? Um, you know, I hope Luca embraces the fact that, that we're us yeah. and he's one of us. But I don't, I don't, you know, we don't know him well enough to, to know that. So uh, I will, I will say this. He seems like a pretty loyal guy, you know. With, okay. But okay, just for the sake of argument, doesn't he also seem like a pretty Hollywood guy? Sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> he can, yeah. Doesn't you know? <laughs> given the fact that he was a superstar at fourteen, don't don't you think that he's already kind of thought, man? I you know, not 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 thought. I got to get out of Dallas. Not that, but. At some point, uh, I really do want to meet Jennifer, Jennifer Anderson. That wasn't just an internet joke. I, I, I really could date a Hollywood starlet, right? Again, he's got a lovely girlfriend now, so no offense to you, but you guys know what I'm saying. There, there, what, what is the guarantee that any guy in any city won't look for greener pastures? We don't have one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. So you, you try to find the right guy, and then to the Mavericks' credit, because – Cuban and company don't get enough credit for this. Dirk didn't just stay because he's Dirk. Dirk stayed because Cuban's Cuban, Donnie's Donnie, this community's this community. It, it all came together. So let's do it again. And let's do it yeah. for two of them this time. Yeah. yeah. Well, hope it works out. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're actually going to jump into a actual Mavs topic here, branching off of what Fish just said. But, you know, we're – we're getting really close to training camp and then it'll be preseason. And then next thing you know, the regular season is going to be here and we're going to be off and running. So my question to both of you guys is what do you think the Mavs starting lineup is going to look like when we get to October 23rd and they're playing the wizards at American airlines center on opening night? We'll start with you, Matt, and then, then we'll, I'll move over to fish. Uh, to be honest, I hate these conversations because you never really know how training camp's going to go. And I've had, I can't tell you how many times people have called me an idiot on Twitter for saying Dirk's not going to be a starter last year or, or whatever. And uh, it's fun because I'm usually right and I don't care. But uh, I, I think, I think you're going to see DeLon, Luca, Justin Jackson, um, KP and Dwight Powell. Um, you can put the positions and label them however you want to. It doesn't really matter. Um, what matters is what their responsibility is on a certain defensive possession or what their game plan is. I hate calling people point guard, power forward, center. It's, 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 all, it's all the same in, in today's league pretty much. Uh, you're either a big, you're a guard, or you're a wing. So, um, so I think that's probably your starting five. I could, I could see a case for, um, for maybe Lucas sliding into the, to, you know, a wing spot. He's still going to have the ball in his hands a lot. And someone like Seth Curry or – or Tim Hardaway Jr. starting, but I think they need those guys off the bench because they can score, and they don't have a lot of people on the bench that can score. So, um, so yeah, DeLon, Luca, Justin Jackson, KP, and, and Dwight are probably your five. If there was a game tomorrow, I bet you that's who'd line up. Yeah. Um, that- but, you know, I, Seth Curry, remember a couple of years ago, he was going to start. Then he had the then, – then something was wrong, and that was the end of that. So it's not like Seth Curry – hasn't earned some 
cred as a guy that can start a game. I think it might be more night tonight than most people think. Yeah. Might, oh, this is a good night for this guy. I also think, especially in the case of Wright, no offense, but he, he might have a streak where he's not very good. He's never been a starter, not really. So the possibility that he has ups and downs and that Carlisle goes, all right, that's two downs in a row. That's enough for you. Yeah. we got to change it up. Uh, uh, Justin Jackson kind of in the same boat. And to the point where uh, we, we should find some over-under on the number of games that J.J. Barea starts. Because it's not zero. It should be, but... But it's not. <laughs> given, not only given injuries, but given the ups and downs of stuff, if, if, they're, if, they're, if they're trudging around and they're stalled, J.J. Barea will get you unstalled, right? Right. Well, we don't know because he's, well, yeah, if, he's, if an, he's, he's an unknown. He's an unknown right now because we don't know how the Achilles is going to okay. affect him. A healthy J.J. Barea will not get zero starts in this right. year. But I, I'm going with your starting five. And more than that, th- th- this is the bigger point. What the Warriors helped invent, the, the Mavericks have emulated now for a couple of years and tried to figure out how to get there. And now they're there. Porzingis is a four and a five who can do some three things on offense. Uh, um, Luca is everything but a five. Yeah. At a hundred percent. Big dude. Uh, and, and DeLon Wright is a gigantic one. And what position does Dwight Powell play? It's kind of whatever, right? Uh, yeah. Maxi Kleba, you know, it's kind of whatever. So, uh, I like that for Carlisle. I think Carlisle, as a pregame and in-game coach, obviously, I think we all agree, is outstanding. So his ability to say, tonight's a good night for you to be there and you to be there. We're going to run this play through you because of the matchup advantage we have. The interchangeable man. That's what the Mavericks are this year. Yeah, I, I agree with, with both of you here. I, now, positionally, I really feel like, and we'll get a better idea of this once we get to training camp and preseason and everything, but I really think they're going to run Luca at the point guard position. You know, not not as a wing. He's going to be handling the ball anyway. But I, my, my point is, I think they'll have him at point guard. Uh, I want to say they'd have DeLon Wright as a shooting guard and then Justin Jackson, uh, KP at the four, and then Dwight Powell at the five. So that, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I'm really high on Justin Jackson, as both of you guys know. We had him on the podcast a few weeks back really good dude and he's been putting in a ton of work this summer he's ready to take a leap so we'll see how it pans out but I mean I'm really really high on him right now uh I think Luca and KP though they're the only two that we can say okay these guys are going to be starters for the whole season uh like like Fish was saying interchangeable I could easily see Seth Curry starting I could easily see Maxi Kleba starting uh, you know, there may be some some nights where they don't go with Justin Jackson and they go with Dorian Finney-Smith. You know, you, you just – you never really know. So, I think we're all on the same page there. It'll be interesting to see how it turns out. But one thing I really love about this team is that there's a there's more length than Carlisle has ever had, in my opinion. So, yeah, uh, there's not – Shortest starter. What's that? DeLon at 6'7 is the shortest starter that we're talking about here, right? Yeah, I mean that's. I think he's six five. Is he? Well, is he? It's it's not. He's somewhere in that range. He's long and he's still. athletic. 
the, the thing is, it's it's the biggest starting lineup Rick Carlisle's ever had. Right. Um, he doesn't have a little point guard. And the last time he didn't have a little point guard as his primary starter, they won a championship. So, yeah. Uh, let me throw this in there, too. And I learned, I, I guess I should have seen this a long time ago, but in doing Texas Legends games uh, with and Coach Mack was in charge there, he helped me understand that Carlisle system, which they ran there, which is smart, have your G League team run the same thing as the varsity, uh, that it's, it's two point guards. It's, you know, no matter what we call them, it's shared responsibility that Carlisle likes to have two of them who can do, who can both do that thing. And so again, whatever label you want to put on Wright or Luca, uh, they, they both figure to be starting backcourt, ball handling, playmaking guys. Yes. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see how it turns out because there's so many different combinations Carlisle can come with, come out with on a night-to-night basis. But like I said, we'll have a more, we'll have a more, uh, we'll have a better idea of it once we get into training camp. But moving on, uh, Fish, you you heard about this this week, and you put a piece on DallasBasketball.com about it, but the Texas Legends, they hired former Mav great Jason Terry as their assistant general manager. And I'm, I want to get your thoughts on that, what you think it means uh, you know, for the Legends, what it means for, for Jason Terry, and then uh, – we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what could be coming for Dirk in the future as well. All right. I'll handle the jet and Matt will handle the Dirk. Um, okay. <laughs> I thought, I thought that Jason Kidd did this all wrong when he retired. And of course he went out on kind of a bad note because he, you know, recruited people to leave Dallas instead of, or, you know, recruited people to stay in New York instead of coming to Dallas, if you recall. I thought he was taking a job as an assistant general manager here and gone slow and learned the business. Now, instead, he got a coaching job right away. You know, and so good for him. But now he's bounced around. I think I, I wish for the Mavericks and for Kid that he would have been an assistant GM here and stayed here and learned how to do it. To be in a, you know, he's the highest BBIQ guy I've ever covered. But that doesn't make him a general manager or a head coach. Uh I think Terry's doing this the right way. Surely there's some place where Jason Terry could go and get some, some honorarium uh, NBA job. Surely he could. But do you really, you, you really want to be a general manager someday? Then you don't want to be an honorarium guy. You want to roll up your sleeves and work. And, and I look forward to Jason Terry rolling up the sleeves and work. Because, again, the, the, the legends are the Mavericks. It's just the junior varsity. Right. And so I, I love the idea that Jason Terry is going to really pay his dues and really see if he likes this, because I don't think he needs it. Really see if he likes this, really see if he's good at it, and then get good at it, and then someday be an NBA general manager. By the way, same thing Michael Finley is doing. Michael mm-hmm. probably go do something now where he's out in front of, where he gets to you know, be the, in the middle of the stage. But instead, he's trying to learn how to be good at this. And he's learning from Donnie Nelson and Mark Cuban, pretty good tandem of professors yeah and i mean to, for me it's just nice to have jet back you know being a part of the, yeah. the mavs family because you know he he left he played for the the rockets the celtics the nets i can't remember the bucks uh-huh. the bucks so uh it's, it's he bounced around a little bit there at the end of his basketball career it's nice to have him back part of the mavs family but 
Matt, we'll go to you on this one, but how soon, you know, talking about Jet coming back and him getting a GM job and all that, how soon do you think we could see Dirks potentially getting some kind of front office role with the Mavs or even like we discussed earlier, potentially being a part owner with Mark Cuban? <clears throat> Well, I'm going to sound a little bit like Fish here. Um, if you go to 105.3thefan.com, uh, you can see Bennett Skin's <laughs> interview with Dirk. Um, it's a great interview. Uh, they talked to him a lot about life outside of basketball, um, including his tennis event that, that was held recently. Um, and in that, he talks about how you know, he just kind of wants to be away from everything for a little while. He's, he still wants to you know, go to some games, take his ki- kids to some games, but he wants to be able to travel. He wants to enjoy his life. And he knows that whenever he decides he wants to make that jump, then he'll be welcomed with open arms by Mark Cuban. So um, I think the way it sounded, he's going to take at least a year before he does anything like that. Uh, we'll see him in a few home games. He's going to be in Germany a lot. He's going to be around the world. But And he just uh, accepted his, a job with FIBA, I believe, as an international player's uh, some sort of position with them. I can't remember exactly, but uh, so, you know, it's, it's going to be a little while, but eventually um, when he finds something that he feels like he could excel at and help the organization, he's going to take it. It just depends on what position that is and, and when it comes available. Yeah. That chair position he got with FIBA, I think he's on that at least through 2023. So I, I don't know how busy that's going to keep him. I don't know if that's just like a, you know, certain time of the summer each year that he has to do that, but that's that's how long he's signed up for that. But uh, we're going to move on to our last topic here, and it's still about Dirk, but it's not about, you know, the ownership or gener- uh, front office positions or anything like that. You know, how soon are we going to have to wait? Because with, former, with other former Mavs, we're still waiting on a lot of stuff. You know, Cuban told DallasBasketball.com, uh, that they were going to retire uh, the cowboy hat. Uh, yeah. Mr. Uh, Don oh Carter. Oh, my goodness. I cannot even believe. Y'all should just fire me right now. Anyway. <laughs> Don Carter's iconic ha- cowboy hat. You know, they're eventually going to retire that. Is that in the rafters yet? Not to my knowledge. So there's just going to be a cowboy hat hanging from the rafters, or how is that going to work? That wouldn't be bad. A gigantic cowboy hat is not a bad idea. I mean, Uh-oh. Matt, it's iconic. It's got to be up there. But anyway. <laughs> but there, and then there was a player that was supposed to go up, right? Pretty soon. Uh, well, they they retired uh, Derek Harper's. Derek Harper happened, yeah. Um, and we're, we're still waiting on people, you know, like Jason Terry and uh, Jason I don't know. Kidd. Jason Kidd. Uh, you got to get Rolando Blackman up there eventually. Is he retired Rolando yet? Blackman. Uh, I guess he is. I guess he is. But, um, you know. Yeah, his jersey's up there. Yeah, it is. You got, you got to put one guy at the front of the line, and it's got to be Dirk. And it doesn't matter if it's if it's this season or next. He, he has to be the next one, if you ask me. Cuban obviously knows his way around the marketing world. And I would assume that there would borrow a page from the Cowboys here. You notice that the Cowboys very strategically, um, they'll have an announcement of a Ring of Honor guy at, uh, what what might otherwise be a less exciting game or maybe even a lower attended game. So there's a strategy to how to do all this, um, whether it's the uh, the Don Carter hat or a Dirk Nowitzki or whatever we do. Uh, uh, it it needs to be it needs to be and I think will be meticulously planned 
to gain the most interest for the movement. Uh, and then, of course, someday will come a new stadium, at which time we will also, I assume, see a Dirk Nowitzki uh, gigantic bronze one-legged Euro leanback statue outside. <laughs> In the meantime, we get Dirk on the floor at the AAC. Yeah. So with, awesome. And, 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 you know, we've done a good job on it. But frankly, like, we, we need to find out whose idea it was. Yeah, because, I agree. Because that guy, whoever thought of that, because I never thought I never thought of anything like that. Have you? No. No. I don't, I've seen anything like that. Does anybody do anything like that? No. That's what's so cool about it. Nobody has ever done anything like this before. He's uh, on the court. <laughs> uh, if you're a Mavericks fan and you're watching and listening to this, go and go to db.com boards on dallasbasketball.com and tell us if you've seen something like that. Maybe maybe there's something in college football where the, I I don't know, but the the a silhouette of an actual person on a basketball court doing an actual person thing is really creative. And uh and how fun will it be? I think I think Cooperstein and maybe follow up, but for sure Cooperstein has already suggested. I might say when a guy takes a jump shot from there, you know, uh, uh, Hardaway from the Dirk, from, <laughs> you know, from from the right side Dirk, and it it can be a thing. And wouldn't it be glorious? It could be the start of a really really cool tradition for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think all these other people that we would like to see in the the rafters at American Airlines Center. Like Matt said, I think it's just kind of been put on hold until we get to Dirk. So I, I definitely expect a, at least a jersey retirement to happen this year. Uh, so I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I'd right, like guys. to see somebody. I'd like to see somebody try and wear number forty-one before it's retired and see how that goes. <laughs> <over>. <laughs> no, they, you know they they put on the the Mavs website, Mavs.com uh, or the shop store, or whatever they had. Curry uh, is number 31, and there was a little bit of outcry about that. Like, no, you can't do that. They, they still haven't retired Jets jersey. So it definitely wouldn't go over well with people trying to wear dirks. But guys, look, that's going to do it for this episode of The Step Back. We appreciate you all tuning in, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening uh, on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, we're going to try and do this a lot more going forward. Uh, just a quick reminder that we do have a uh, opening night tickets giveaway for Mavs and Wizards at American Airlines Center. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and just leave us a review. You know, put your Twitter or Instagram name on there so we can identify you uh, if you win. And that's all you have to do. Just subscribe and write us a review. That's it. Uh, guys, we appreciate it. Be sure to check out everything on DallasBasketball.com. If you go on there for a review and an attempt to win tickets and your review is simply fish sucks and you win, I will come sit with you at the game. Right. <laughs> Hashtag. Hey, look, put whatever you want to, but as long as you put a review and it's got, got that Twitter or Instagram name on it, you're officially entered into that random drawing. Yeah. We're going to do a, I'm, I'm going to do a live uh, Twitter feed. You know, I'm going to get all the names and put them in there and it's going to be a live deal. So, so y'all know we're not playing favorites. Right. Yeah, and, and, and that'll Thank be on our YouTube channel, by the way. So go subscribe to our YouTube channel ASAP. Which is at? Which is just uh, Step Back Mavs. Okay. Yep. So it should be easy to find. Yep. <laughs> Step Back Mavs. And guys, the reason we're trying to – if we get to 1,000 subscriptions on YouTube, we can start doing, like, live broadcasts. Like, if, if the Mavs 
if the Mavs game is over and we want to talk about it immediately and do it live so you get it live, we have to be at 1,000 before we can do that. So be sure to go on there and subscribe to that. But guys, we appreciate it. Let's go. Guys, appreciate it again. And that's the beauty of this game, because at the end of the day, only the real gonna float, man, for real. You either sink or you float, only the real gonna float. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.